This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com When a person turns away from Ahavos Chitzayinis, <clears throat> from all of the foolishness that people are so enamored with in the world, and he turns away from that, and he turns towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he becomes filled with an Ahava and a Kedusha that equals all of the things that he turned away from. Says the Shem in the time of Shleimah HaMelech was the greatest Shefa Gashmi there ever was. Right? You look at the Psukim, it looks like it's describing Yemayus HaMashiach. tell us, gold and silver were like stones, were like sand. It was an unbelievable time of Shefa. So there was so much to turn away from, it was easy to be filled with the Havos Hashem. Vashenkin in the Midbar, it was a, only a Rachnius existence. Every day they, they, they were being fed by the Rabbinish Lelamon. There was so little to turn away from. It was so hard to find the Havas Hashem. He says, the Pshad of the Medicine, Shleim Amela, and Moshe Rabbeinu said, if Shleim Amela will live in a time of such Rebbe of Gashmius, even he said he doesn't know if he can create a Mishkan that's a Mokim Vashroes Hashrina. How you live in such a Rachmius, atmosphere, how could we ever accomplish such a thing? You know, people say we live in a world of Nisiyonis, which is true. But the MS is, there's never been a Tkuf since Bria Sa'elam. Where there's so much opportunity to come to Ahavas Hashem. Because there's so many Narish cotton to turn away from. That gives us the ability to actually feel that special and deep relationship to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which means understanding that so much of what's going on is nothing but just distractions. I heard a story, a true story. There was a, a husband who was a poor man. He wanted to buy his wife flowers every Erev Shabbos. He couldn't even afford flowers. So he used to buy her one rose every Erev Shabbos. And one Erev Shabbos, he comes to the door. He's about to come in. He sees the delivery man. He was a huge bouquet of magnificent flowers. Apparently his wife had done some work for a Sadako organization. And as an appreciation, they sent her a bouquet of flowers. He's standing there with his rose and this guy, and, and, the ring, and, and the wife comes out and she looks and she looks at she that rose is so beautiful. She didn't even see the bouquet of flowers. Because when there's real Ahavim, everything else is a distraction. You don't even notice it. And when there's Ahavim, we try to be moisif. We try to think, what does HaKadosh Baruch Hu like? What makes him happy? What kind of lifestyle makes him happy? What kind of begodim make him happy? What type of commitment to Torah? What type of chassadim? What type of behavior? It's not about, uh, not about being in his good books. No, it's, it's about a haven. It's about a haven. It's about a different type of relationship. It's about anila doidi vidoidi lim. And sometimes we have difficulty. You know, we can do mitzvahs. And this, we could be, Oiv de Hashem, Erlich Yidin. I'll share with you a word. I said at the Sudas Purim. 
says Vatoisef Esther Vatadabal of Neamelech. After they hung Haman, she fell before Vatipa of Neirasha before Achashverish's feet. Vatayif Vatashanan Loi. And the question is, what is she crying about? <laughs> she had accomplished everything. She said that Haman was hung, and uh, Mordechai was made a Mishnah Lamelech. What are you crying? Actually, that was Achashverish's question. Says he never Haman Nosati. I gave you everything. Haman was hung. His ten sons were hung. What, what, what are you carrying on about Esther? So in Maisa Nifla, she heard it was a great tzaddik who lived in Russia, a lady lived in Eretz Yisrael, a Yitzchak Zilba, a friend of Rachel. Some of you have read his book, He tells a story, there was a moil in Russia named Reb Shloyme Bukov. And he used to travel to different cities. He would come every year or two, and all those who were waiting for Brisson, he was like many Brisses at the same time. And he had come to the town where Yitzchak Zilba was, and he was that week, his wife had given birth to a baby. So Rabbi Shloyme, the moil changed his plans that he's going to wait till the end of the week. And at that bris, he said, I've been waiting 25 years to make such a bris. Because in Russia, there was no such a thing as a bris bismana. Because the law was, was the Jewish communists who, who made the law, that you didn't let home a... Uh, woman who gave birth had to stay in the hospital for nine days. And the reason was nobody should be able to go home and make a bris. Now his wife had just given birth and he wanted to make a bris this money. And he went to the head of the department who was a woman doctor and she was a heat. And he said, I'd like you to allow my wife to go home the eighth day. And he said, uh, I'm not allowed to go home on the eighth day. She says, why, why does she have to go home on the eighth day? He says, I'll tell you. She says, you know as well as I do. I want to make a bris. And I'm asking that permission that she should be let home on the 8th. She said, I'm going to think about it. In the end, she gave permission. And the bris was held on the 8th. And not only that, she gave permission also that week for another Jewish woman to leave the hospital on the 8th day. And there were two brises that were done, bismana, first time in 25 years. So Yitzhak said he wants to go to, he decided he wants to go thank her. So he went back to the hospital. He says, you know what? I just want to thank you for what you did. You allowed us to have a brisk manner. You had a very big mitzvah. And she broke down in tears. So you don't have to tell me what a mitzvah is. I know what a mitzvah is. Because what is my mitzvah worth if I'm married to a guy? Esther Amalka, she had accomplished everything she wanted. She saved Klal Yisrael. She overturned the decree. She hung a Haman and his ten sons. She threw herself Yes, I did a great mitzvah. But what is my mitzvah worth? I'm still married to a girl. I'm still here living in the tomb of Achashverish. We do mitzvahs, we do masam toivim. But in a world like today, people come fangroyished. We become very connected to the Goyesha Hashpo, to their dreams, to their ambitions, to their Shi'ifas. What are we passionate about? What do we get excited about? Do we get excited about a toy? When was the last time we screamed at our Chavrusa because we were arguing about Shad and Nigabarat? Oh, we could scream at a customer, or we could scream at somebody, you know, who, who, who you know, we're upset with in business. Well, the last time! 
we comes the elections, the Anabites, back and forth, and the Daikin everywhere, this one said, that one said, he says, like he said, when was the last time we went through a sugi like that? I mean, how, how, how much could we keep discussing and fill our minds with all this nonsense? I mean, basically it looks like we know it's going to be Akashvedish against Vashvedish. Fine. Okay. <laughs> I mean, how, how much of our handling and shamas and brains could we pour into this nonsense? No. We mentioned before about the Koya Chadibur. You know what Arbe Nachal says? Arbe Nachal says, you know why the Ebishter gave us the Torah? He says, because a person loves to talk. Loves to be mefat bit bedibur. Arbe Nachal in Parshas Bereshis. And since we love so much to talk, HaKadosh Baruch who gave us the Torah, so that a Yid should have what to talk about when he wants to talk. Now we think, the Malachim were fighting over it, every oasis is Tchiyas HaMesim. We think the Ebishter gave us a mouth in order we should learn the Hele Gitarin. In essence, the Ebishter gave us a Torah because a Yid's mouth is so holy, it shouldn't become Nishchalo, which was the Menarish kindness. He gave a Torah, we should be able to Makadish our Kalim and who we are. And what we talk about, and what we're involved about, and what we're passionate about, what we're excited about, what our life is about. Lokachti. Lokachti. It's the fourth Loshan of the Dal the Shoyne Shel Geulo. It's first the Golis Edom. Dalad Golias, Kenegad Dalad Golias. Kajibarach is in Lakachti Eschem, Lila'om. This is what we can do at a greater level than anybody was able to do before us. And when there's a hava between the Rabbani Shalom and Kal Yisrael, there's a hava between we love each other, we worry about each other. Pesach time is a time in Eden concerned about the needs of others, ready to give of ourselves, and, and it's such a zichuch, such a, so a meiser, you know, that next Israel is a big tzaddik, Rabbi Yaakov Meyer his father, Abdovid Shechter, tell a he once came, he, he came to the Kaisal, and he sees a Yid is crying, crying, he says, what's, what's the matter? He says, I have to marry off my child, I don't have, Chassim is next week, I don't have a penny, he says, come to my house, I'm going to help you. He was not a rich man, to be sure. He came to his house, and, and he gives him the entire sum. So he was making, he was marrying off his daughter in a month's time. And he had already, uh, he saved up enough money. He said, I don't need it now. He needs it this week. I only need it in a month. I'll worry about it then. He went to Dava Mincha that day, and he walks in, and says to him, David, tell me what mitzvah you did today. He's talking about. You did something extraordinary. They tell me what you did. You did a mitzvah, you don't know. He said, the obvious said, Rebbe, if you can see on me that I did it such a big mitzvah, so you should also be able to know what mitzvah I did. <laughs> he said, no, no, you have to tell me. And finally, he said, if you tell me, I, I, uh, I offer to live with you, Bechavrusa. And he had asked him many times, you want to live with him? He said, if you tell me what you did, he told him the story. He said, when you walked in, I saw that you were so mezuchach, you were so purified. There was such a kedusha on you. And as they were talking, somebody came in crying, neither Yeshua, his wife wasn't well, and he came to Shlomo Kizvila for a bracha. He says, 
take a bracha from Reb David because his darger ruchne that he is right now something that's worthy to take a bracha. This is this is this is what's happening at this time of the year. You know, we think we're just cleaning out for Pesach and kashering. We're becoming cleansed. We're becoming nizdachek. We're becoming purified. Purified to what? Till we reach the level we can let go of the impurities and focus on our relationship with the Rabbeinu Shalom. That's a dover niflus. We come to the fourth kois, which is the kois of the Lokachti. And what do we say? We open up the doors. You know, here we, it's hard for us to imagine what it was like in Europe when you lived in terror of the Pritzim and of the pogroms. And once a year, he opened his door, Lel Shimurim Hashem. He said, Shoy Chamos Chalagoyim, Ashelo Yidorucho, Alamam Lochis, Ashebishimcho, Loikaro, Yochalas Yaakov, Asnaveyu Heshamu. And the Mephoshim asked, what, what's the point? Is the point is that Ashebishimcho, Loikaro, uh, is that why they should be punished? Or is it because of what they did to us? Now if you medayik the Loshan, it doesn't say, we should say, they ate us and they've tormented us. It's a third person. <laughs> there may be many families who have this, I couldn't call it tradition, it's not that old, but families who had grandparents or who went through the war often tell the story of the Yeshua that they had at the Seder. Isaiah went through tremendous Nisim. He ran through war-torn Europe with, with, with six baby carriages, little children. And every Pesach, second Seder, used to tell the story. Nisim in the floors used to finish the Seder at six o'clock in the morning. And so he continued, and I, I told to my children the way he used to tell it. I had my little grandson, who was four years old, and I was telling him what the Nazis did, and this, and Zalman, he was thinking, I didn't know he was even paying attention. He said, says, the Eibishto loves Eden. How did he allow such a thing? Little child asked. I don't have the answer. The answer is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us, nevertheless, in spite of that. HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us. Listen to what we say. After all we've gone through. We say, You know why, Not what they did to us. Our love for you was so great. Not what they did to us. We know how much you love us. How much pain it must have caused you to see what they do, what they did to us. That's what we're concerned about. What a proclamation of Ahava. That means we, we, we reach an understanding of a Kesher that no, that no one can understand. No one can understand. Pesach is a young one. Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, "Koyam Arashem, zochati lo chesed nurei ahavas kilu lo isayich lechteich achray b'midbar beeretz lo izerua." Then no one can understand why we are moisif and moisif. Like you, know, 
cynics, they, they laugh. They see a, a young couple of chos in the kala. Ah, they're silly. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. If you don't understand, you don't understand about the relationship. The relationship on Pesach, the mamish chos and kala Havas Oilom Base Yisrael Amcha Ahofta Al Kain Masiach Bichu Kecho Menismach That's our answer. It's not just about our chiyuvin. It's all about. It's about our relationship. It's about our connection. It's about us coming to, to that realization that life is not about Oilom Haza and. Ulamhaza ends. And nothing, nothing in this world that is Ulamhaza continues. We're here to prepare ourselves and we're going to live forever, for all eternity, for all eternity in Ulamhaza. With the Rabbinishan, that's all we're here for. We're here to build, to build that Kesha, to build that home. We're building a home. Building a home together. The Kodesh Baruch Hu could be mishtasheh with us and be with Him. That's why Pesach is just a taste. It's a taste of Olam Abba. It's a taste of Yimoysa Mashiach. It's, it's a taste of that Ahava that no one, no one can understand. No one who's outside this relationship can ever begin to comprehend it. So the Baruch Hu we should be zeichet. We should be zeichet to feel it. We should be zeichet. And, and, and it takes work. It takes work. It takes us to work on ourselves, to be above all of those influences that, that come from Mitzrayim and that are so very powerful. Very powerful. It's, it's very difficult. We have to be ourselves again and again. We improve. Pesach is a time when we ourselves become Meshubachim. Meshubach is a lot, not just praise, it's a lot of, of improvement. It's schwach of a sudden. It went up in value. We go up in value. We go up in value. The Ebersholm's health should be zoiche to a chakosher of a samach. should be zoiche not just to talk about it, but to experience, to experience it and to experience that hargosher, that emes, which is at the center of everything that goes on in this world. It's at the, 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 the shoyrish of all of Bria. The Hav and the Kesha of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Knesset Yisrael should be zoiche, go from gula to gula, should be zoiche to be able to bring the carbon Pesach, and newly rebuilt Pesach Migdosh, noichal shvam in Aps, and azvachim in Apsachim, zoiche to be as Mashiach Tzidkeinu, and heinu b'yameinu. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.